I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, and welcome to The Real Annual Meeting. It's Chris and Waz here for your weekly succession recap. Bobby Wagner, the Lost Wilpon brother, is our producer. The whole crew got UTIs. What's up, Waz? Hold on, hold on. Getting my trusty black light out and taking it to the <laughs> ringer's scrapbook. No semen. We're good. We're clean, Chris. <laughs> um, Waz, before we get into kind of our thoughts on, on the previous episode, getting into the next episode, I thought, you know, Andy and I had talked a little bit about how in some ways, this shareholders meeting that takes place on the on on episode whatever it is five was um, kind of like a nice stopping point for like the last two episodes of the second season with like the DC hearings, Kendall's betrayal, and then basically like this opening half of the season that's like a run of them fending off this this Sandy and Stewie bit. It's almost like a mini season unto itself, and. You know, we often talk about these characters almost as if they're real people, but I was kind of curious if you could put your TV critic hat on for a second. How are you feeling about about the show in general since this is a good like midway point? And where do you want to see it go as we like kind of move forward in this season? Look, the the last episode um janitors in Iowa is the that what retired it's janitors of Idaho, yeah. Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I always get Idaho, Nebraska, right. Iowa, flyover. My bad, flyover <laughs> people. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this last episode was incredible. I think it's, it's you could put this episode up with any succession episode that's ever existed in my mind as far as how sharp, biting, funny it was, right? How incisive it was. It, like, the show is... Buzzing. I, I like when I watched the first episode on screener. Maybe it's because like the screeners aren't as crystal clear as just watching it on Max or something. I was like, I don't know. There's something off. Maybe they rushed back. Maybe the storyline got messed up because of the um the breaking up of the season, whatever. 
and I was a little worried that maybe Succession had, you know, maybe it's not pitching 101 anymore. It's probably like down to 97, which is still a great fastball, but it's not, you know, high cheese, right? Yeah, some uh, some sort of post Tommy John kind of exactly, fastball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But by the time we get to this episode, I'm like, this this show is untouchable. It's unhittable. Uh, it's incredible. So as far as how I feel it about the show. I'm loving it still. Uh, it's still my favorite thing to watch right now. Uh, now, as far as the, the Stewie and Sandy storyline, for the 50 millionth time, listeners at home, I don't <laughs> care about the plot. I don't care. Like, the fact that this is over, like, like, somebody might be like, oh, this is such an unsatisfying end to this story device. I don't care. That person it's probably over. lives in Idaho, Iowa, Nebraska, Listen, somewhere. That person probably likes Yellowstone. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you telling know? you, you would like Yellowstone. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to it. I, I promise you, I am. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with where the show is. And as far as to spin it forward, what I would like to see, what we've been seeing, I, I want to see how these relationships sort of figure themselves out. Right? Um, are is Logan gonna die being estranged from his kids? I wonder what Shiv's breaking point. I think what the show was getting at is that Romulus doesn't have one. Like, he's just riding with his dad no matter what. Because ultimately, he just wants to... He just wants his dad to be happy more than anything else. But that's a crucial way of phrasing it. Because, yeah. like, I'm sure Shiv and Kendall at various points over the last couple of seasons, their character... Those characters have expressed an interest in their dad being happy. But more specifically, proud of them. But yes. ultimately, they're kind of motivations are all self-serving. They're all trying yes. to get what they want out of a situation. Whereas Roman seems to be like, it's it's like he shares a brain with his dad. Or yeah. and, and they say, I mean, I was going to ask you about this later, but they say like, we'll put Roman on the phone with the president because he's Logan Jr. Right. I think what they think, what they're saying is his instincts for, you know, just the conversation, right? About just being like, all right, where well, you want to take this? And, being able to bullshit. Remember he said the <laughs> the dudes... What what Middle Eastern country did they end up going to to try to secure you know, some deal? It was like... I was think it they Lebanon? Were, no, but like I don't know if they ever <laughs> specified if it was Azerbaijan or something <laughs> like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and remember when he came back and he told his dad, he was like, look, that guy was trying to out-bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. Right? Like, they share that in common. And, you know, I think what the show is going to do is sort of unspool what's happening between the kids and Logan, right? Um, and each other, as always. And that's what I'm most interested in. And I'm sure that's what they're going to continue to explore as we see as this episode ends, where Logan just, that was just the ultimate dick move, right? At that point, you got to Aaron Rodgers, your pops. Yeah. And just be like, I'm never talking to you again. You're excommunicated and it's done, right? Uh, and so that's what I'm interested in watching the show do. To Aaron Rodgers, someone has taken on a couple of different meanings recently. So I'm glad you <laughs> specified that it was to ghost a family member. Um, that's a, such a great point about Roman and that that second season plot line of him going to secure funding and like a, a real nascent, I think it, looked, it seemed like a, a Petro state or something. Because when you see Shiv, and, and Shiv's the first person I wanted to talk about, the first character, Shiv throughout the episode is constantly slipping and replacing uh, we with I. Like, she's always saying, like, I did this. I think we should do this. I think, rather than this sort of collective, and there's so many cooks in the kitchen in this past episode, 
But Siobhan is always kind of slipping into like what is going to be the most beneficial thing for me. And it blows up in her face at the very end, even though she tries to handle it well, where she's like, dad, like I like I did it. She was like, you did it. But like, I'm holding the champagne and I'm looking for the compliment. And he's like, and by the way, like I set myself up for a good landing spot with this board seat. And he just ice grills her. That's the same thing that happens with Kendall early in the first season when he's like trying to like organize the Valter purchase and 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 Logan announces that he's going to stay for five or ten more years and Kendall's just like I've been eating shit to get this job and you're right like the Ro- Roman could have had that same kind of like self serving short term win when he, when he goes to secure funding and the Danny Houston character is like this is a great deal we should just take it billion dollars whatever let's go and and he and Roman's like look like. It it this really sucks, but this is a bad deal. Like these guys are full of it. Yeah, uh, this is the. <laughs> it's it's so cool watching the episode back over because mm-hmm. Roman is giving. Lo, excuse me, Logan is giving them sage advice. Actually, like it seems like he's because the the episode is so brilliant at playing the like. We're not sure at what point he loses his mind, right? But Logan is saying, look. We look like shit to the public who's watching us, us as our group. I feel like shit, as we, the audience, have seen episode after episode. Like, he feels like shit about his position. Why the hell are these dudes coming to us for a deal? Like, his instinct just kicks in. Like, this is not... In this world, that's not what you do. Yeah. Right? Like, he knows that. He feels it. He senses it. He's like, what am I missing here? You don't do this. You step on the throat. You kill the person when in the position that I'm in right now. So something might be up. We need to push back on these fools. But nobody else can see that. He's trying. He's like trying to give it to them. Yeah. Like guys, this isn't like you. You guys are thinking too logically, and like in this world, it's not really about logic or niceties or taking the easy thing. It's like kill people. Mm-hmm. Kill, 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 and you. Throughout the episode, it keeps coming up, right? At, at one point, he's like, there's blood in the water. The shark, sharks are circling. Because he understands the mentality of this world in a way that his dumbass kids are too blinded by their whack-ass board seat right. to even understand that, like, yo, it's bigger than your one fucking seat. You know, like, we might just go under completely because of what's coming behind this, right? And so, yeah, Shiv is... Shiv is... um. She played herself this episode. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a real like. <laughs> what happens when your star player is off the floor and and CJ McCollum is 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 running the team? No, uh, no disrespect to CJ McCollum, but like, it's like if Logan's on the bench, who's really going to get the 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 shots up? And she, the thing that jumps out about the the way that Sarah Snook played the character this 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 episode, but also like the way it was written. It's just the lack of confidence that she has. Like, she has confidence, I think, somewhat in herself, but almost none in the project. And she's mm. she mentions, like, multiple times, she's like, if we go to a vote, we'll lose. If we go to a vote, we'll lose. But, like, what are these people voting on? They're voting on their confidence in your family generally and your father specifically. And that's her talking. Like, she's like, I have no confidence that somebody sees this piss-mad, limping old man they're not going to vote for him. They're going to, I mean, granted, like Sandy is in no better shape, arguably worse shape, but it, it is fascinating to watch her character just kind of like, 
I, I don't, it, it's that, it's that, that barrier that she has to actually getting, getting what she wants is the passion for her work, her passion for the family project. You know, and, and I'm glad you made the MBA, uh, the MBA comparison because two people come to mind, Glenn Taylor in mm-hmm. Minnesota and Cohan who owned the Warriors. Yeah. Before Joe. Before Joe Lake. For light years. Yeah. And we remember when Lakeup very early on in the process got booed at Oracle. I remember I, I'll never forget watching that on Sports Center because Chris Mullen, Brooklyn Catholic School League legend, was standing right next to him as it happened. And I remember thinking, because I love Chris Mullen, I remember thinking, damn, poor Chris Mullen. This is yeah. embarrassing, right? Um, but at the time, people were killing Lakeup. And Ethan, my buddy, who was covering uh, the freaking Warriors for ESPN at the time, was like, you know what people don't understand about the Cohan era? is like everybody kills somebody like Dolan, somebody like um, Cuban for being way too hands-on in their ownership of the team, right? But when your owner isn't hands-on, that leaves a power vacuum that a bunch of people are going to try to fill. And when there's no check on it, you have your damn Siobhan Roy's running around. Right. People who fancy themselves to be, I'm important. There's nobody to be a check on this ridiculousness that I'm doing. And you see it's like almost a chicken with its head cut off, right? Like, you see the importance of having Logan around. Like, he's the check on all of these incompetent people. And the people... And the best part, like, this episode is so fucking brilliant, Chris, because there's Shiv on the other hand, right? And the people who are actually experts at running the company doing nothing but buck passing. Yeah. And Jerry, Carl, and Frank, like, they spend the entire episode passing the buck. Jerry's just basically making phone calls. She's just like, I got a call, I got a call, I got a call. And and Carl's up there riffing, just straight vamping for like hours dude, up at the at the stage. Dude, so it's Carl's turn to go up. Frank is up there. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Frank is up there. And he's like, all right, I'm passing it off to you now. And Carl's like, bro, I ain't going up there. You're staying up there. Then when the freaking deal is done, Carl goes, Frank, you've already done so much today. Let me be the one to announce this great <laughs> news to our shareholders. It's like, so like the people who are good at it are like, I'm not stepping in front of that. Mm-hmm. And then dumbass Shiv is like, yeah, let me do it. And she made a bad deal. She made a bad deal because I think the, the writers are going to show to us that um, there's like Stewie and them were in a bad position somehow, some way. Yeah, their money was falling apart. Something, they, they, yeah, something yeah. wasn't working out for them. And that's why they were so ready to make a deal. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just let the shareholders kick this damn family clown show out? Right. The uh, I think that the indication is from the trailer for the next episode, but also from the Roman conversation with the Raisin is that we're going to jump back into like the national political scene, kind of similar to where we were when Shiv was working for Evis. Gotcha. And that's like pretty exciting because obviously like the, the plot line of like the DOJ investigation into the Roy's means that they want a friendly president with a friendly DOJ who's going to like pull back on the reins a little bit. And I'm excited to see, like, the one thing that I think I've been I've been searching for for this season 
is a little bit more like Roy's in the wild. Like Roy's out mm. there in the streets and doing different things because it's like when Roman is sent out to a theme park or to secure yeah. funding or whatever, or when Kendall's doing whatever he's doing, I think it's pretty exciting for the show. You know, they've, in some ways, like I think Kendall's pivot to progressivism has been like a, sat- a satirization of the corporate. So rich. So rich. <laughs> so rich. But I'm looking forward to them satirizing like electoral politics as well. Yeah, they're going in that direction. You could tell from the episode name. And man, like, because I don't want to betray too many confidences here as far as snitching on myself, right, Chris? But my reading of this episode uh-huh. is that the oligarchs were like, yo, we can't leave this to a vote to the plebs. Mm-hmm. Our future could never be in the hands of the quote-unquote people. In this case, it being the shareholders. But I think the show is saying something about how these people feel about democracy. Yes. Just generally speaking. Like, they don't believe in it. Oh, I mean, in, in across the board, Sandy's in a vegetative state, Logan's piss-mad, <laughs> and the raisin is going to nominate a chicken to replace him as a president. You know what I mean? Like, they're... The, it may not be as over the top as Veep or the, uh, the thick of it or whatever, but yeah. it definitely is like, look at who the leaders are here. Yes, and their contempt for you, right? Um, like, they're never going to put themselves in a position where you, jan- retired janitor, janitor in Iowa, can have any bearing on the shit that goes on in their business or their lives, right? I think that maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it feels like that's what the show is doing. Well, look, and I, the Connor stuff is still there. Like, Connor's still right. talking about wanting to run for president. It's definitely something the show seems to be leaning into. Yeah, the show wants you to understand how anti-democratic the entire system is. Again, and I said this over and over um, in previous episodes, it's like, these are the people who actually have a seat at the table of power. These And that's wholly undemocratic, mm-hmm. right? Like, the fact that these people can, can sway influence amongst our policymakers in a way that we're talking about tens of millions of voters can't, you know? And again, you guys got the news. Y'all see what's happening with the infrastructure <laughs> bill. Y'all, y'all can, understand, y'all can d- d- um, make your own... Um, decisions and I draw your own ideas from I that, I was right? waiting for Biff talk, man. I'm listen, so glad. Listen, the other day, they had the joint but, um, with Israel and the, 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 the dome or something that sailed through Congress. The Iron right? Dome, Because yeah. it's basically a military contract. Like, it's basically Raytheon, Lockheed Martin. That's just a contract for them. No, but like... You see Joe Manchin, Kamala's on the on the thing. You seeing all these people on the Sunday shows when it's like family paid leave. The Israeli dome <laughs> sails fucking through, right? Like a contract for Raytheon. There's no talk. There's right. no debate. There's that's not the, the rules are different for these guys, right? Like the rules are different for our overseas, and I think that's what the show is trying to explain to you. Um, and let me get off of my, you know, political junkie soapbox for one more second. But Kendall's whole speech at the end smacked of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck oh, Schumer yeah. in the Kente cloth. That's exactly what it smacked of. It was just like, this show understands how to mock elite liberalism 
in a way that makes me so fucking happy. <laughs> you gotta find happiness where you can get it. <laughs> Stewie has him dead to rights. When Stewie's yeah. like, oh, I thought you would be on a rainbow box chanting yeah. time's up or whatever. You're ridiculous. Yeah, right. Um, let's get into some other stuff that I wanted to hit. So, you know, like, I, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about Connor because Alan Ruck obviously is like a, a fan favorite. He's so funny. But there are lots of moments throughout the season where you're like, would Connor really be here? You know what I mean? Like, would, would this really be a situation where they would be like, oh, and also Connor's here? Um, I, I really do think that whether it's like he's running again or whether he is going to get more involved, it does seem like they are keeping him in the cut for a specific reason. I just can't unlock what it is. And I do wonder whether it's something with the presidential election. Yeah, this show is really good at not having fat. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be spending this much time on Connor and what he's doing mm -hmm. if it wasn't going to have consequences at some point down the line. My instinct is that Connor's going to be able to drum up enough interest that him dropping out leverages their position in a way right, um, that will matter down the season. I don't think he's going to become the president of the United States, but I think he's going to get traction, and it's going to be a way for them to get leverage, get access, um, you know, think positive things are going to happen for them because of Connor's running for president, right? Um, you know, we saw it in our last sort of presidential uh, primary process with the Democrats where... Just in one fell swoop, a bunch of people who everybody calls "quote unquote" moderates. I have another word for them, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, we won't do it today. But you know, like people like Buttigieg and Klobuchar and whatever. They, um, they, they, they like they they held the line. They yeah, fell they behind. held the line. Yeah. They, they straight up all quit the same freaking weekend. Um, in order for Joe Biden to get the nomination, right, to sort of consolidate what we were calling the quote-unquote moderate wing or whatever. And, no, and you know, now Buttigieg, what? He works in the administration, right? He's mm -hmm. like the ambassador to China or something like that. Like That guy's sitting on a trillion. That guy, he's going to be like, <laughs> what bridges do we want to fix? <laughs> and so, oh, yeah they, put, yeah, they put him in charge of something is what I'm trying to say. Like Transportation, were, yeah. He was able to leverage that um, into something, you know? Uh, and and that's, that's, that's what I think we're going to see with Connor. Man, Mayor Connor, I can't wait. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. One thing that is, you know, you get to the end of a succession episode and if there's not like a a real like slam dunk twist cliffhanger kind of ending, sometimes you're like more processing everything you just saw because it's so dense. I mean, like Waz and I watched these episodes a couple of times and you just notice little cutaways, little like oh, one-liners, so little like I've a noticed. lot of reaction shots that I think the first time around you don't really notice. You, don't but then mi- the- you miss them. Yeah, and then the second time around, like, oh my God, watch Jerry's face when this happens or watch Greg's face when somebody says this. Um, the last scene feels pretty significant, especially upon like rewatching it, where Kendall gets put in. I I think there it's not an accident that it looks like an interrogation booth. You know, it looks like an interrogation room, uh, alluding to the sort of um, leverage that Logan has over him in terms of knowing about like the crime he committed. And then Logan essentially like just humiliates him. He's like, "Oh, this little guy who thinks he's having a big moment." <laughs> Put him in the ugliest box in this hotel. And then I'm just not going to show up and I'm going to block his number. And I'm not even going to block his number to make somebody else block it. What was your interpretation of the last scene? Like, do you think that there's like some finality to it? Or do you think that that's just like Logan's latest chess move on him? I think it's Logan's way of saying like, you know, now that I don't need you to sway some asshole shareholder in the Hamptons or... Keep Stewie involved. Yeah, right. Keep Stewie involved so that we can come to some type of agreement. Like, now that I no longer need you, you're finished. I'm finished with you. Blocking your number. Don't come to my crib. Don't call me. You're not invited on Thanksgiving. Go do what you got to do with DOJ. Go figure out your position with Stewie and Sandy because you have none now that this deal is over. Like, Kendall's going to realize he's in the cold... Quite quickly, yeah. I think. Um, and that's why he's going to run into the warm embrace of the federal government. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 to me, that's just Logan just saying like, bro, you tried it. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again? And you're done. And, you know, and to add to this, Chris, it's just like rewatching this. I'm like, how can Kendall think that family control, the retention of this company by the family is how he gets to run this company? Like, you know, he's only interested in the latter. If he was interested in any of the other shit that he was saying, he would just be like, the most important thing is that this this company gets dissolved. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He would have did his snitching act at the podium and he'd be like, get these people out. Whatever. All of these people in jail, including me. Yeah, whatever. Divest. I'll get my share of the company because I own some of it as one of the kids. And, um, you know, as a shareholder, whatever. And I'm out. And that's it. And we keep it pushing. But it's so obvious that he wants to be part of it. And, like, once you stabbed your dad in the... He was... He's never going to hand it to you. 
Which is another thing, man, that's... And I know this is kind of a digression, but on the second watch, when Jerry's explaining to them that, like, you know why it doesn't matter if Sandy stipulates that you guys don't get the succession? Or the Jets or whatever, yeah. Because it's never going to happen (laughs) that way. Like, that's what these kids are so dumb that they... Like, it's never going to get passed to you. Yes. You guys are going to have to figure out a way to take it from everybody. Nobody's going to just pass it to you. So just because Sandy's saying he wants to be able to veto it from happening, Jerry's like, guys, it doesn't matter because Jerry knows nobody's giving it to you, kids. So this stipulation is just something that he could put in the papers to embarrass your dad. It doesn't matter. And then you see that part where Shiv's like, I get to be the one that tells my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jerry looks at it like, really? That's what we're doing right now? So many reaction shots were incredible. Jerry's in that one. The fucking shareholders, when Kendall's talking, to a man, everybody's face is like, this fucking guy. I know. Are you fucking shitting me? The face that Jerry makes when Shiv goes up to to Logan with the champagne glass and is like, we did it. Like, you did it. Like, like, and he's just like, oh, I would have gotten a better deal. Or, you know, that's what somebody says when they get the shitty end of a deal. And she's just like, well, what would you have done? You were you were AWOL without saying like you were piss mad or you were Jerry was like, shit. Like this is like I'm watching this one. Another another kid bite the dust. Um speaking (laughs) of biting the dust, the last one I have for you is just like, what's what's your veterinarian opinion on the the rabbit? Like, what are we gonna get? Is the rabbit got a second life here or what? Is this bagel gonna do it in? The rabbit is 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 kind of I'm starting to think it's a metaphor for Kendall's just life. Yes. Goals, ambitions, yeah, and uh, just it's his baby um, that he is just completely just ruining for no reason with the substances and the bagels and the you know neglect and the just it's just Kendall cannot handle anything that is fragile that needs care that needs help that needs some sort of stewardship he just cannot do it. The rabbit is about to fucking die. And Kendall's not even... Wa- Kendall's fucking it up from afar. Yeah. He's not <laughs> he's even just there. Like, either, yeah. He's fucking it up. He also fucked up because he didn't give the rabbit a late 90s, early aughts NBA name. Oh, like, man. I don't know why... Why is that rabbit not named Kenyon Martin? <laughs> uh, any other stuff, succession stuff you wanted to hit before we get out of here? What do I got? What do I got? Um, nobody wants Shiv's input. I'm just it's just notes that I have. Nobody wants Shiv's. Let's do input. let's do the the notebook dump. The notebook dump. Um, oh, just just Kendall's um fix it speech. Yeah. Oh, Fucking fix man. it. Oh my god. That's the thing Everybody's- is nobody here actually has any like fungible actionable no. things to do. They're of just screaming about like. What kind of visibility do I have? Ro- what kind of Roman power do is I have? just like fix it, <laughs> fix it, fix it, fix it. The guy who fucking backdoored Stewie and Sandy in here in the first fucking place. The guy who went freaking straight up just you know whistleblower mm-hmm. on national TV. The dude whose life is a complete and utter tra- train wreck, which is why. 
our perception as kids of our dad, as people that might run this, is so in the fucking toilet. Because he's he's like, well, you guys are just going to try and stab me in the back. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> this guy <laughs> walks in and tells me to fix it? That was just, that was rich. That was a great moment. The, the, the imaginary cat getting taken out in the paper bag. Oh, um, another, another great line, Moscow, so that Moscow knows what Washington <laughs> is doing. I, that just was, to avoid nuclear catastrophe, I was just like, yeah. I love that. I, I wonder if Hen Henry Kissinger watches this show. <laughs> He's still kicking, by the I way. I know. I don't know if Kissinger's got HBO Max. He probably got it for Dune. He was probably like, <laughs> the homies on Dune really had, had, a, had the right idea. Uh, Waz, thanks so much. Thanks so much to Bobby for producing us. Uh, you can catch tons of TV talk on the Ringer Prestige TV podcast. You can also catch Waz on Group Chat and Full Court Fits on the Ringer YouTube channel. And you can catch me on The Watch and various other Ringer properties. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Chris, if I ever sue you, it would be in a way that you know that I still love you. <laughs>